This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Biden administration continues to point fingers on who to blame for Afghanistan. New Zealand goes into lockdown after just one COVID case. And apparently Jim Crow has now come to New York. We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Jason Butchwell again, filling in for the lovely Sarah Gonzalez. I am joined again by two of my good friends, Yako Bullions, the Yako Bullion Show. Thanks, good brother. And also Eric July. Catch him on YouTube. I consume your stuff like all the time. I'll just get <laughs> stuck in like for an hour just watching every single awesome, one. It's great. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, so yesterday, as we were doing the show, we were talking Afghanistan. There was so much to talk about. But of course, as it would be, um, Biden decided to address the nation. Finally, he woke from his slumber and came out of his basement. And um, we missed a, a, a vast majority of what he said. But there's something very specifically that I want to focus on today. Take a listen to this. When I came into office... I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but the truth is this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. When I hosted President Ghani and Chairman Abdullah at the White House in June, and again when I spoke by phone to Ghani in July, we had very frank conversations. We talked about how Afghanistan should prepare to fight their civil wars after the U.S. military departed to clean up the corruption in government so the government could function for the Afghan people. We talked extensively about the need for Afghan leaders to unite politically. They fail to do any of that. Okay, so two things there. First, I inherited the situation, um, so it's not his fault, it's the other administration's fault. And the second one, it's all the fault of the Afghans. So there's a lot of finger pointing going on here. Eric, um, we talked about this a lot yesterday. I wanna give you the floor just really quick. What is your take on all of this? Yeah, this is, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't here yesterday to kind of chime in on this. And it is, as to be expected, a lot of finger pointing. And what was bizarre to me as he tried to rid himself of, of anything that basically had happened. Now, I heard you talking about it, and obviously you're completely correct. You knew this was more so an inevitable situation that was going to come from this. 
I took issue with the fact that 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 little instance, because he acts like he had nothing to do with the Obama administration for eight years. Like, was he just not there? Maybe he wasn't there. I don't know. But he acted (laughs) as if he had absolutely no part of that, which I found uh, hilarious. But the ordeal in itself is, yet again, another situation where two things can be true. I think people are seeing... Uh, the things that are happening out there in Afghanistan and looking like some people are going to be left high and dry. That's a reality. I don't deny that. In the same respect, should we be, you know, the American taxpayer, be spending all this money to send our kids uh, over there to be dying uh, in wars to protect whatever will. I mean, we can get here and talk, talk many, many times about them funding both sides of each wars and in the Middle East. It was, a, it was a crappy situation, but it was an inevitable one nonetheless. The finger pointing and, and, and the blaming does absolutely no good, specifically considering the policies of the administration that he was a part of in the Obama administration, which for people, they seem to forget, he campaigned on I don't want to say ending the wars. That's not necessarily what he campaigned on. But he talked a lot about basically scaling down on our involvement in specifically Afghanistan. Did he do it? Of course not. I didn't didn't think that he would. But that's something that he he was on the campaign trail saying, especially out there in 2012. Nonetheless, we're in the situation that we're in right now. It's a reality that all of us has to has to accept that nation building obviously does not work. It's a failed effort. And there are people that are in the other sides of the country, uh, not country, excuse me, the world that do not have our set of value values and principles. And unfortunately, you cannot go there and instill whether it be you put some guy, CIA, put some guy in to prop him up to have him try to rule over that geographical area. And then they hightail it up out of there when it when it hits the fan. That's not something that's 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 conducive to actually working towards the freer society where they are at. It is going to come by way of the people of Afghanistan. And I get that we can look at cameras and cry crocodile tears for the people that are out there. But unfortunately, this was always a, a losing effort. But the finger blame, finger pointing, that didn't do, do really anybody any good, especially well, you were there for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. OK. You know, if you're in the Christian community at all today, you'll see that churches around this country are asking for prayer. There's 229 Christian missionaries that are slated for execution tomorrow. In Afghanistan. In Afghanistan. Wow. 229 Christian uh, missionaries, some of these in medical missions, kids 24 years old out of college who took a missions trip, they got zero warning, Jason, Mm. from the President of the United States to say, hey, pull your people out, we're pulling out. I'm with you on where we need to be, but there was zero warning. For me, this is the issue. We can talk about military equipment left behind and all these things, but we are seeing NGOs, non-government officials, kids, Missionaries, American citizens left behind in a, who were not given warning to say, get out. You're not going to be able to get out. They can't fly out. We have a girl that an hour ago in our circle, a family friend, messaged her parents and said, this is goodbye. I'm at peace. 26 years old. This is reckless. When you start having a president leaving Americans behind, whether we should have been there or not, I'm with you. But now we're leaving civilians. Yeah. Okay. So you're hitting a very, very good point. And if I've got a graphic that I want to pull up uh, right now uh, by a friend of mine on Twitter, Michael Pregent, 
And um, here, this is the graphic right now. This is the current situation in Kabul right now. Now, I don't know why you won't get this stuff from major mainstream media outlets, but we're going to show you this. This is what the Biden administration has created on the ground. So all the blue circles you see there, that is where the Americans are at. The Americans are like what you're talking about, missionaries and other people and contractors and all that. So they're sitting there now. What uh, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, said today, and I make note of all the red areas, that's Taliban controlled. And at the bottom, you see the airport. Now, Jake Sullivan today basically said, look, we're not even sure if we can evacuate all of the Americans. We're not sure about the timetable. Um, what we're telling them is, is that we got to deal with the Taliban. OK, they're, basically, they're going to let them go ahead and we can't guarantee your safety. He actually said that we can't guarantee your safety, but we want those Americans to start making their way down towards the airport. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Like absolutely insane. And so that's I take a huge issue with. And you see this all across social media. I'm seeing it everywhere because you're seeing it from the, um, the left right now that they're saying, look, this is Trump's fault. He inherited it. And then what I was saying yesterday was, well, we don't know what Trump's plan for pulling out was. I have no issue with pulling our troops out. Yes. Eric, you know me. I want yeah. our troops out. I don't I'm want to keep them home. None of it. All of us do. So that, that so the issue is how incompetently it was handled. Yep. Because these we should not have Americans stranded right now. We should not. Eric, is it is it fair to say, look, we can argue two things, right? Right. We can argue the fact that you know, um, yes, we should bring our troops home. We can argue that. that. That's a very good argument. Yes. But can we also not argue that, look, this was done very, very badly, and we should hold this administration to no, account for it? Again, it. it goes to show that, like I said, two things can be true. Like, mm -hmm. it's an unfortunate situation, really, no matter what way that you look at it. But I do think that it, uh, it sets in the reality for a lot of people, how a lot of folks, including Americans, that whether it be that they're fighting on behalf of the, um, the military American government, or whatever, like they're really disposable. Like they're more of a means to an end that you exist and you see once it hits, it's not even about it hit, hit the fan. It's that they have ideas and something else that they want to do. So you are, I mean, like I said, a means to an end. So whether you're fighting on their behalf, whether you're left behind because you're uh, doing all sorts of things for them or just trying to do good, good things and help other individuals, you're still left tail out. I hate to say say the term that I want to say, because that's the nature of the government and how they've been dealing with not just this particular issue in the Middle East, but really with everything. We know that it's like, OK, well, they have their group, their elites, which are probably up out of there. They're not going to have yeah. anything to worry about. But definitely when you're dealing with American citizens, it's like, oh, well, you were there while we were there and we got up out of there. Oh, my bad. You're still still there. You're stuck. We'll get to you if we can get to you. Are they going to be of a priority? No, because when it comes to the American government, when it comes to these the, the nation building efforts, when it comes to the war efforts, you are disposable. You are nothing but a means uh, uh, to an end. And a lot of people, unfortunately, had to find that out the hard way. And I hate to see really anybody, as a matter of uh, American or not, yeah. in a situation like that where they're stuck. And obviously, they're only in that situation because they think they have it's brave to be out there regardless but they think they have some sort of backing or some yeah. sort of security by way of their own government unfortunately these people didn't have it and now they're left like what right. eric at least I, I, look i've lived around the world right at least when you're in trouble in another country you go go to the u.s embassy right. okay uh oh that's gone yeah evac them with a chopper from the roof, like he said he wouldn't do because he had to, right? So there's no American soil. The U.S. Embassy is American soil. If you look at that graphic, we're asking civilians with no military training to make their way through the Taliban to an airport. And yeah. then what? 
With reports that the Taliban is now going door to door looking for Americans, collaborators, any other Westerners. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And, and so, but, but, same mindset, same policy, greater magnitude. What happened in Portland? Sorry, you're on your own. We're pulling the police out. Fend for yourself. That's, you're disposable. 100%. You're, you're disposable. When it comes to the people need to understand. I know that we have this warped view of, of how government is supposed to work. And it's like, well, they represent us, so they're always supposed to have their back. No, they save their own bacon first and then maybe if they can if it's conducive for what it is they're trying to achieve maybe they'll get to you they'll include you they'll in the maybe plan. they'll maybe get to you but if if that's not within their their realm of, of reality to save their own making then no you're you you're you're out and you're going to be left unfortunately stuck and that's what people have and i'm glad you brought that up because it's something that it, it points to the fact that it doesn't matter where you're at no. when you're dealing with this government this is this is your reality yeah um yeah, speaking of this government and how it's going to react, how it's re how the administration is reacting right now is, again, a lot of uh, finger pointing. Back in July, when uh, when Biden promised everyone that this is not going to happen, the uh, the Taliban was, was not going to roll what through. Was it even a month ago? <laughs> Three and a half weeks Maybe? or something like that. Yeah. Um, but so what he said, and I remember the reporter asked him very specifically. We've had we've heard that the intelligence community is telling you that this is going to happen, that it's imminent fall of the, of the Afghan government and the you know, disaster is about to strike. And he said, no, they didn't tell me that. That's not what happened. And that's not what's going to happen. Well, now and I predicted this would happen. The intelligence community, when they get, you know, when they get hit like this, they come back hard. They hit back. The leaks, I assume, would start to come and they have started to come. New York Times uh, just released today that um, intelligence community did warn of an Afghan military collapse, despite Biden's assurances. Um, yep. So we've, we saw the intelligence community uh, weaponize, I think, like never before against President Trump. Mm -hmm. They clearly had a political agenda. They wanted to come out and, you know, I guess they assumed that the left was in their hip pocket and they used it, you know, uh, you know, to, to do what they wanted to with President Trump. So now I'm just curious, is this the first? Eric, do you think, I mean, we, I'm sure you're as skeptical as the intelligence yeah, community as yeah. I am. What should we expect now, do you think, from the expect, like FBI, CIA, NSA? Right. That <laughs> it, 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 When they get pushed, they get pushed back because the idea is that, okay, we're on each other's side. But when you get to pushing those buttons, whether it be with these alphabet uh, groups that are working with the uh, federal government or con considered more so extension of them, they don't want to be thrown under the bus for, for absolutely anything. So is this going to be this sort of waterfall effect of them coming out more so against Biden? Because no matter, again, how I feel about war efforts, Biden looks bad. The administration looks terrible, not just to us, but to basically the world right now all things considered with what what is going on in Afghanistan. So what we have now, it didn't, didn't, I believe it was reported that even when Kamala was supposed to come out like and speak, uh, I believe when, I don't know if he was napping, Biden, everybody was napping. And according to reports, if it's true, if it's not, I don't know. It was like she was basically saying that she didn't want to really do that because they wouldn't, she didn't want that to be put on her, right? She didn't want that evil to be put on her. Mm -hmm. Same thing when it comes to the FBI's or more so the CIA's of the world. It's like, well, no, don't throw us under, under the bus. Uh, we, we provided you with the proper information. Maybe you didn't respond uh, accordingly. So that's on you because they don't want to be looked at as as the bad guy. So they'll 
make whoever look bad. It was Trump before. Would it be Biden next? We'll see. Look, they're loyal. You, you know, can yeah. I can I specifically ask you, yeah, Doug? Because yeah. I we we always saw at least for the past few years the entire government, all the alphabet agencies, the FBI, DOJ, all of them seemed like they were pretty in lockstep with the Democrat Party. They were going full tilt towards Trump and Republicans. Now, in light of this, do you think that this could be one of the catalysts or maybe the catalyst that starts turning against the Democrat Party? Could we see change off this? Maybe? I think what we're going to see is we're going to see internal strife inside these agencies. You're going to start seeing, and that needs to happen, You're gonna, because you have to have internal rub for change to happen. It can't just be external, because to a large degree, they love autonomy. And they'll gravitate towards their security for the future. And that's why they started to abandon Trump. Because they're like, this is going to go in a direction. We're going we're to bind ourselves to Biden. But the second Biden turns them, they go, whoa, 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 you can't come after our autonomy. We're with you so we can operate in the way we operate. We can be the FBI and not investigate anything domestically. <laughs> we can be the CIA and actually have operations on domestic soil. Or do whatever. You can't come against us. So I think what you're going to see internally, you're going to see internal strife in the FBI, which I believe is going to. It's going to create, you know, you know, strife with the Biden administration and there needs to be some rub. There's a cleansing that needs to happen inside the oh, FBI. Absolutely. There's a cleansing uh, inside the CIA. These organizations want to run almost like they're little countries. <laughs> and, yeah. and so we're, we're with you. We helped you get you. You're turning on us. You're saying we didn't give you intel. Oh, we'll we'll throw you under the bus. I, I, I would argue that I completely agree with you. I think there needs to be severe churning within yeah. the FBI, CIA. They're oper operating almost as like another branch of government yes. at this point. It's yep. absolutely insane. Yep. We'll be cover. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm going to take a pivot now to more domestic type policies and stories. But to get there, we're going to use another Afghanistan story, which I think is very, very predictable. And um, it's something that I think we're going to see a lot throughout the entire world and hopefully not the USA, but probably the USA. Um, so immediately when the Taliban seized control, they did one specific thing that every tyrant and uh, authoritarian government always does. And they started confiscating up all the firearms held amongst the people. Um, routers reported that Taliban fighters in Kabul quickly set about collecting weapons from civilians because people no longer need them for personal protection. Another quote, we understand people kept weapons for personal safety. They can now feel safe. <laughs> Right? Taliban. So the Taliban, Taliban right? Feel safe from yeah. the people who chop your head off. That you should not have Taliban any concern. To take care of it, man. Everybody chill, man. Chill. It's, it's, it's the age, it's a song as old as time, right? It's every single authoritarian government. That is the very first thing we do. Thoughts, gentlemen. That's what they have to do. I mean, you cannot have an armed populace, definitely if they have weaponry that is of any sort of uh, comparison or comparable to what that 
uh, military has. That's what they have to do because any event, it doesn't even need to be like everybody. Any event, there's even a decent amount of people that are armed and not just armed, willing to use uh, yes. uh, said, said arms to protect themselves. That throws a dent in, in a lot of what you're trying to accomplish. And that is what, what they are over there, just full-blown totalitarianism. That's a difficult thing. That's not something that only happens, it doesn't happen overnight, and it's not something that you can just accomplish definitely, even in a more uh, uh, democratic state. It's more so, and, and I'm, I'm, democracy is a bad thing, what I'm meaning is, is that guns or people, the threat that people would use them to protect themselves makes leaders be skeptical even of themselves, but especially of their own policies in terms of what they're willing to do. So like with the COVID stuff that we're seeing right now, where are the most oppressive sort of uh, authoritarian things happening in countries that, well, their citizens aren't armed? Because what are they going to do? What what can you do? I'll say this. It's impossible to truly control a people if you do not strip them from their physical ability to defend themselves and then their rights to defend themselves. Well, what's under attack in the U.S.? Oh, that's right. Your right to defend yourself with the Constitution, with the law, right? And the law is fluid now. And then your physical ability, which they want to disarm Americans. So may Americans for once and all wake up and understand our administration is aligned with the policies and the structure of the Taliban. The Taliban. What does that say to you? It's even worse because now they're in control of guns that the taxpayers paid for. for Yeah, we're funding the same government would say that you shouldn't be able to own. Exactly. And and, and this this group, the Taliban, is the perfect example. Like ever, you always hear people talk about this. You even hear you know people within the government say this. Well, oh, you know, uh, you know, people with hunting rifles and you know rifles that you can (laughs) buy, you know, like you know Cabela's or whatever. Exactly. That's not going to be able to defend against you know jets and all these bombs and all stuff. That's what they just did. Literally, Literally what they just in, uh, did. Vietnam. You lost Same the, you lost the uh, uh, rice farmers, and now you've lost the people in sandals. Uh, outdated equipment. Well, now they have your equipment, so they don't have to worry about that uh, a- anymore. In rags. Yes. So congratulations. So no, I'm not trying to hear all of that stuff. Well, they have drones. They have they have jets. Have you paid attention to the foreign policy of of the United States government over the last I don't know forty something years? Yeah. What are you talking about? Absolutely, you're going to be capable of, of of doing that, and that is defending yourself. And they don't like that. They're knowledgeable on that. I know that they want to disarm, like you talk about, even with AR-15s, they don't want those on, on the streets, and it seems to continue to ramp up. Oh, magazine capacities, what can assault you Assault weapon, what's uh, an assault yeah, what's an assault? I've said that, it before, fluid. this is an assault <laughs> weapon. Yeah, yeah. It's fluid. <laughs> this fluid. is an assault weapon. It, it, it's fluid, man, and, and, and they'll continue to uh, keep pushing the envelope. When they get one thing, they're never satisfied, they'll go to the next thing because they know that you are less likely to, let's say, revolt to a objective authoritarian policy any event that you know you're not armed you're less likely to fight back but if you have something to fight back and other groups of people are willing to use that well they at least keep it at bay and this is why i think you're seeing some differences with the COVID 19 stuff in certain pockets of even america right where where's it's new york city what's well, it's almost impossible to own a weapon in new york city uh anyway you see the californians of the world now all, a lot of those authoritarian policies happening in the south not as much why do you think that is? I don't think that's a coincidence. When, yeah. I, when I was in California, uh, I, I owned guns there, but it was funny when I took my course just to be able to buy a gun there, they give you a pamphlet that I guess assumed was mandated for them to do. And the title of the pamphlet was how to own a gun in California and not go to jail. I was like, 
Where did I move? Criminalizing criminalize you for even wanting to be able to <laughs> right. do it. Oh, you yeah. terrible person. It's insane. But now that you have to, <laughs> sure. It's insane. I, you know, I want to stick to California for a little bit um, and Hollywood. I mean, it's really a meme at this point. Um, all of them, if you've ever lived in California, you guys ever live in California? Yeah. So, so you know, it's like, it's like living behind the Iron Santa Curtain. Santa Monica. Yeah, they'll say, they'll say all this crazy junk that we would laugh at here, leftist junk, and we make fun of them. But over there, they're in their silo, and they all, you know, go right along with it and agree. And they literally are in this corner, this little silo. And this is what they can say. This is from Rosanna Arquette. Um, check this tweet out. This is insane. The Taliban extremists are here in America, just with a different name. The GOP right-wing extremists who support destroying democracy are the terrorists in America and will continue to terrorize America until they are stopped and pay for their crimes against Americans on January 6th. Um, yeah, I'm done with that. Um, she goes on and talks about how that, you know, she continues to double down on how, you know, the January 6th insurrections and all of the GOP and conservatives are the Taliban. Now... <laughs> There's a lot so giving them too so much she means credit. So she's <laughs> giving them too much credit. No, but so she means so she actually is she saying the Taliban is bad? Because then if she's saying the Taliban is bad, then surely she must be against Joe Biden, who just gave them power. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Do we see heads chopped off January 6th? She don't know what she's saying. That's she an idiot. She don't. That's like, an idiot. Like and, and it also it's one of those things where they want to try to miss it's a misdirection because yeah. The existence of not just the Taliban, but also what they stand for, it, it makes it very difficult for them to kind of criticize them. Definitely when you're dealing with the religious aspects, because they have painted themselves in a corner and they, they treat uh, definitely a lot of a lot of uh, the, the Muslim community as they are on their side. Right. And obviously you're seeing with Taliban, I mean, give them credit. They're pretty blunt about what it is that they, how they feel about uh, women. And, and they're pretty like, oh, yeah, you can do about infidels. As long as as long as, as, long as it's un, uh, under Islamic sh Sharia law, of course, you can do hey, the women's rights are going to exist. Now, what that means is that you can't do virtually anything. Yeah. So they're trying to try to tread lightly to not criticize them as much as um, they, they, they probably should. But it, this is their way of doing that. So they get to paint everybody else. Say, well, no, no, you're like the Taliban. I guess guys unarmed, uh, by the way, kicking their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. That somehow is uh, akin to the Taliban. And like I said, you're giving the GOP, I'd argue, way too much credit. Many <laughs> um, event that you are saying that they are the Taliban, way too much. It, they ain't that. They ain't that good. It's it's crazy to me. Literally, just the group think over there. I mean, they yeah. are incapable of speaking for themselves. Mm -hmm. Michael Moore tweeted the exact same oh, stupid. Thing. Thing. I'm sure you guys probably saw that. And even on uh, late night TV, in fact, we have a, a video clip. This is Stephen Colbert talking about the insurrectionists and the Taliban. He's right. We've had troops there for 20 years. They fought. They sacrificed. Their families sacrificed so that we wouldn't have a terrorist attack in America planned in a foreign country. Why should our soldiers be fighting radicals in a civil war in Afghanistan? We've got our own on Capitol Hill. <laughs> then Biden pointed out. Like little hyenas, man. Yeah. Little hyenas. Uh, you know, what I, yeah. Like you said something so profound. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my <laughs> God, he really took it to him by saying that the insurrectionists out of the January 6th are much like the Taliban. And they all clapping giddy like a bunch of freaking, uh, like, 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 they sound like hyenas. Like hyenas. They think they, because like you mentioned, they're in a bubble. They think what they say is like the smartest thing. And like that conflation or rather that comparison, which is couldn't be anything further from like what we're dealing with. 
That's the opportunity. Right. What's take, funny? What, what's unbelievable? What, what, what cracks me? So if he calls it a civil war in Afghanistan. First off, it's not a civil war. No. The Taliban are terrorists taking over yeah. the country. Yeah. And the one of the most vicious charges I saw from January sixth was unlawful parading. Yeah, unlawful. Jason, parading. he says so that. We fought over there so that they cannot plan a terrorist attack in a foreign country to be executed on domestic soil. You mean like 9-11? You mean like 9-11? Can I remind you this is the anniversary? You think that's by coincidence? You mean like 9-11 planning a terrorist attack, attack in Afghanistan, in New York? You mean giving power back to those guys so now they can plan again? Yeah. You, you, is that what you're talking about, Colbert? You're an idiot, okay? You're an absolute numbnut idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And the hyenas that clap for him are brain dead. They're the walking dead. The TV show, The Walking Dead, we're filled with them in this country. These are the kind of people that pollute American minds, especially the young minds, that turn them against our Constitution, that turn them against freedom, that will literally say, yeah, we are the evil ones. We're the terrible people. The people who want freedom in this nation somehow are the Taliban. You know what you're talking about. I show you videos of people's arms and heads being chopped off. That's what the Taliban does. Have you seen that in this country? Never. Never in your life have you seen that. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Just 20 years ago, you know, Reagan from California, you know, was our president. I mean, you could actually tune in and watch late night TV and laugh at it. You could watch Saturday Night Live. You can't do that yet. It's just, it's absolutely nuts. We'll be back in a second. So I know a lot of you guys, are, many people are probably having their kids go back to school. We're fighting mask mandates in schools here. It's getting absolutely nuts. But I want to take a quick second to look abroad because pretty much if you see something happening in places like Europe or in places even in like Australia or New Zealand, those things are pretty much what progressives and far left want to do right here. Mm -hmm. They just have more freedom to do it over there or they have more freedom to take away their freedom. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yes. I want you to take a look at this graphic from Australia. Now, this is what they are able to do in Australia. I'm going to run through a few of these. They can break any, and this is because of COVID restrictions. The authorities can break into any land building structure or vehicle using whatever force necessary. Whatever force necessary, they can just burst, burst right in. And for, I don't know, if they suspect someone didn't get a vaccine or if they suspect someone might need to be quarantined, I don't know. We're going to go down the line some more. Direct or prohibit the movement of people, animals or vehicles. Put people in quarantine. Order people to undergo medical exams, tests or treatment. Order people and compel people to give information. Snitch. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, do you... Were you or were you not with someone that affected with COVID-19 at that party or whatever? This is insanity. Yeah. I mean, and before I get you guys to talk about this, I want to talk. I want to show you this. This is also in New Zealand. They have announced another lockdown because they found one freaking case. Listen to this. Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbors. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down again to those very simple principles. We know from overseas uh, cases of the Delta variant that it can be spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those movements outside to the bare minimum, wear a mask, and make sure you keep up that physical distancing. Don't talk to your neighbors. Don't talk to anyone. Don't go see anyone over one freaking case. Yako. Producers, please keep, keep that graphic up if you don't mind. 
wear a mask. I'm going to not wear a mask while I'm telling you you're going <laughs> to die while I stand two feet from my interpreter to my left, who's now going to die because just by walking past her, she's going to die. This is hypocrisy <laughs> at the level of point. insanity, okay? This is Fauci. Hello, Fauci from New Zealand. This is what it looks like. It's a mental illness, right? And, but yeah, forced lockdowns in Australia, breaking and entering, basically. Why? Oh, that's right, because they're not America. They don't have the First Amendment. This country is the greatest nation on earth. The freedoms we have in this country have been taken for granted by a lot of Americans. Let an immigrant tell you, there's no place like this place, okay? But you're so right, sir. I've lived in Europe. They want to bring those policies, and they always do. Migrate them. They test them. They perfect them in Europe and Australia and New Zealand. And then they bring crazy people like Gavin Newsom. They bring him into the U.S. and say, oh, that'll work over here. That'll give you more power. Well, what's crazy to me about this, okay, so one case, Eric, that's what they're so freaked out about. And so, but that seems indicative of what they really, they're, I guess their strategy is, or, plan, or their excuses to impose these things, is that they're going to eliminate this virus completely, as if they can do that. Yeah, it's like, they can get rid of it 100%. That is impossible, but they're not going to pretend, or they're going to continue to pretend as if it is not. Now look, New Zealand, and I think it's more important to put this into perspective, New Zealand, they, they're entering what they call like stage four of the lockdown or something of that nature. It's their more strict lockdown. Like as in it doesn't get any worse than what it is right now. All over, of course, one case. Yeah. And what Australia's doing. I was looking at them the other day. The police officers bragging about like on the upward across the country, 2,000 houses or something that they had, had uh, entered in. That they're checking on. They're bragging about that that sort of thing and unfortunately the people in Australia and New Zealand maybe it's because they can't defend themselves are just going to sit there and, and, and take it I think especially with New Zealand and their prime minister or whatever she she's she's loony as I don't know what I think a lot of them get off on this because they were praised by folks like out here in America looking at the Australians of the world looking at the New Zealand's of the world and saying well those guys did it the right way right they were able to suppress this they had minimal deaths I believe uh, New Zealand obviously not that big of a country uh, had like 26, I believe, uh, deaths or something like that. And they're bragging about ruining people's lives, people's businesses, off with something with a 99% survival rate in Australia, basically building another, uh, well, a, con a concentration camp is effectively what it is. Like, it's insane. But like you mentioned, I think that's the important thing. That's the equivalent of what people want here, what these leftists out, want, want here. And it is a crazy policy. It doesn't even work in terms of like mitigating the, the spread to like one case. Like that's what we're talking about. We're talking about one, one case and they think that they can just eradicate this. They'll revisit this again. But now because they think, look at us, the world's looking at us as the people that did it the right way. So we got to continue to do this. So if I got to ruin your life in the process, if I got to, if, and I can obviously be without a mask standing next to someone without it, you can't do that. If that's what they have to do, that's what they're going to do. But America needs to be looking at that because that's what these authoritarian leftists want right here. See, and I think a big issue is, yeah, it's one case. They jumped all the way to stage four or whatever. Um, see, like in places like here and even places in like, like in Europe, they have to provide, you know, evidence. Like, say, this is why we're moving to these restrictions because otherwise it's not lawful. And this leads me into my next story over in Scotland. Uh, the Scottish government wants its emergency coronavirus powers to become permanent including the ability to order schools to close, impose lockdowns, and operate virtual courts. Ministers are considering changing the law to permanently 
allow them to release prisoners er early or permit a wider blah, 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 blah. So what they're doing is they're trying to change the laws so that they when they want to kick it into authoritarian, you know, let's get them. They can do it whenever they want. And I would assume they can give any excuse they want. The framework is already built. Well, the excuse would no longer be necessary then. If they make it permanent, they're looking at, hear me here, changing their constitution because of a virus, right? What does the virus have to do with the constitution? Changing the way they rule and govern in a nation because of a virus, which you cannot eradicate had never happened in history. Can you take an airborne virus, right, that's an ENT, ear, nose, and throat virus, something, that, can you eradicate it? If we could have, we would have eradicated flu 100 years ago, okay? Yeah. You can't eradicate this thing. Watch a outbreak in New Zealand under lockdown. Right? <laughs> this is not about the virus. This is about power and controlling people. This is the global reset. This is literally about, hey, we need to rule. Make government as large as possible, and we're going to use coronavirus as the means to get there. Yeah, and usually what happens, like I said earlier, what's happening over in Europe, we're like, what, a year, two years behind, Mm -hmm. something like that? If you think it can't happen there, well, apparently Jim Crow has just arrived to New York. (laughs) I guess you can't go to New York anymore, Eric. That sucks, man. Very true, very true. (laughs) Um, But they are now requiring photo ID and vaccine passport required by Mayor Bill de Blasio to move freely in New York City. There is a, um, if we can pull up, there's a graphic on what you actually have to, uh, the the places that you can get into and then you can't get into. I don't think that one's it. Um, But there is, there was a graphic that shows that you can't go into, let's say you want to go into a bakery, a bakery was one of them, uh, or if you want to go into a movie theater, basically everything, theaters, restaurants, everything. You have to first pull out your ID, show your ID, then pull out your vaccine card or app or whatever. It's weird because black people can't give IDs either. I know. What are black people going to do? Yeah, That's like so I, we can't get IDs. Can't get and obviously this impacts what you're alluding to. And they can show that graphic um, uh, for you again, showing these different rates, these demographics. Um, in terms of who's getting the vaccination, who's not. And obviously you can kind of see that black folks, uh, the majority of them, I believe, is actually, according to the data, aren't vaccinated out there in New York City. So who are the people that are going to be impacted the most? Of course, them, which is hilarious because it's coming from the Democratic Party. Now, yeah, historically, they've always done that. Uh, But seriously, they're the guys that champion that group of people. They champion that block. They say that we are in it for you. And then they try to, you know, that's what critical race theory is all about, trying to find everywhere, wherever's a problem, as some sort of systematic institutionalized racism. And they always look at disparity to try to prove that. That's happening right here. You have that. That's not, I'm not saying that's why it's wrong because it impacts that demographic. I'm saying by their own logic, yeah, this is, they talk about everything else, or the ID being Jim Crow 2.0, what, like, what, what is this? That's exactly what this, this is, where you're preventing people from going to get some freaking food, man. Yeah, yeah, get some food, come on. They always gotta get back to the food. I'm with you, brother, I'm hungry now. No, but this is the epitome of deflection, right, and spin, right? Well, the same group, de Blasio and the Cuomos and all these folks who call white people Hitler here, are the ones who are behaving like Hitler. Show me your papers. Yeah. Uh, we're going to racially profile, which they are. This is racial profile. This is st- stop and okay. frisk, man. Like we've this already seen that frisk. with New York City. But it's coming from them, and they're the ones accusing us of being the Hitler, you know, the Nazis. No, you're the Nazi. You're the Nazi, de Blasio. Yep. You're the one who's behaving like Hitler. 
Your actions look a lot like stop and show me your papers, right? And you can't, you can't get some food. I mean, <laughs> can't get food. I, it, it just boggles my mind how Americans, especially New Yorkers, New Yorkers were, you know, like the they were the a holes. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was perfectly cool. You know, it was looked upon as, you know, that that was acceptable behavior, which it actually is because you're an American. You can be an a hole if you want to be. But now they're falling in and complying as they, you know, just rolling over, showing their bellies. How do we not have mass, you know, civil disobedience on a grand scale in some of these places? I just don't get it. We'll be right back. Mass burning party. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, and the mighty, as I'm talking about, is the mainstream media. Um, again, we talked about Hollywood being a meme. The mainstream media is pretty much a meme right now. Um, anyone that had faith in the media probably doesn't anymore, and they're looking for places like Blaze TV to provide an alternative to say, someone, could you please tell us the freaking truth and stop spinning things? Um, Chris Cuomo has been in the news uh, for a while now. Um, he got in trouble. Uh, remember, we received special access to COVID testing provided by his brother's administration. He was caught participating in strategy sessions with his brother's top aides to combat the governor's accusers and even helped draft a statement for the alleged predator. This is according to the, uh, the AG report. Uh, he finally uh, addressed that. We've been waiting for him. Take a listen. As for me, I've told you it's never easy being in this business and coming from a political family, especially now. This situation is unlike anything I could have imagined. And yet I know what matters at work and at home. Everyone knows you support your family. I know and appreciate that you get that. But you should also know I never covered my brother's troubles because I obviously have a conflict. And there are rules at CNN about that. I said last year that his appearances on this show would be short-lived. And they were. The last was over a year ago, long before any kind of scandal. So I never reported on the scandal. And when it happened, I tried to be there for my brother. Hey, forget I'm it. not an advisor. I'm a brother. I yeah, wasn't yeah, in yeah, control yeah. of anything. I was there to listen and offer my take. And my advice to my brother was simple and consistent. All right, forget Own it. Own what you did. <laughs> hey, Tell uh, people I, what you'll do to does, be I'm, Seriously, does be anyone believe a single word he's saying? I, I mean, so when you're involved with strategy sessions with your brother, right, you're doing these huge fluff pieces where they're all joking around and doing this stupid stuff while he's killing off a bunch of old people in nursing homes. What, is there any credibility left in this network at all? Forget Chris Cuomo. I know he does not. I mean, what the heck? Uh, CNN is going to CNN. I mean, they had the other week, I uh, believe, it, it, they couldn't get any show like that. had over a million uh, uh, views, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they got beat out even by Rachel Maddow excuse me, Rachel Mad, Mad uh, over at MSNBC. Uh, and it was just, it's just been terrible for them. And, yeah, I get it. He's correct, at least, that there's some sort of conflict of, of, of interest because of your brother. But that doesn't actually make sense, considering that you had him on. Before. Yeah. He gets it now after the fact. Yeah, after the <laughs> yeah. fact, like, oh, I didn't cover it because there was obvious conflict. Well, you covered everything else. You even had him on your show. Y'all were laughing, giggling, talking about your family and, and all of that stuff. Was it not a conflict then? So I don't understand that particular logic because it's illogical. What that was was that was a political admission of guilt mm. is what that was, right? Soft, well, I kind of am going to admit that there's a conflict of interest, but I'm going to just slip it in there real quick and then make you feel for me because it's so tough to be raised in a political family. 
It's so tough to be paid millions of dollars and sitting here and lie to American people. It makes you feel sorry for him. It's so sorry. Yeah. Can you just see my bleeding heart? Just like his brother in his exit speech was, I'm the martyr here. I'm doing this for you because I love everybody, right? No, that was a, a political admission to guilt. And oh, it happened long before the allegations. Your brother had been groping women long before, long before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you'd be known about this and you helped silence it for years. Yeah. Okay, not last year in COVID, for years. And oh, they were riding high and mighty because he won an Emmy. Absolutely ridiculous. I, whatever credibility, again, that they had it sh- it should be long gone. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the news and why it matters. We appreciate you tuning in. However you're tuning in, we also invite you to listen to us on the podcast and also give us five stars because that uh, is what you're supposed to do. Um, if you do that, you might get your chance to read your review if you leave five stars and leave a review and get it read live on air like Mr. Walla Walla 64. I had that same name a couple of times. That's really a good sense. Um, he said, truthful. This show is the most honest show out there. So nice to hear honesty. And... Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and I think that is pretty crazy now that um, it's so hard to find anything truthful nowadays. I don't know. I, I go now towards if I'm not at Blaze TV, I'm going to, you know, other platforms that uh, people on those platforms I can trust. Like you can go to Instagram and find you. Where can we find you? Yaka? Yeah, Instagram. You find me on Instagram and free space. Uh, yeah, me and me and YouTube are fighting. So you're, you're still, you're still <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I'm back-to-back strike-winning champ on, on YouTube right now. <laughs> so, yeah, still on YouTube. Young Worker 5 now. We do the show, of course, every every day for canon's sake. So. And, and like I said, I'll, I'll watch you because not only you'll do, like, you know, political commentary and stuff like that, but sometimes I don't want to get that, you know, junk, and I just want to, like, read about some comic books yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And the whole thing. Yeah, comic books, everything. <laughs> Pop culture. I think it's important that people that are liberty-minded to at least be familiar with that space and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a blessing for me because I've been able to influence a lot of people. In you got to bring Absolutely. those comics books out, brother. Yeah, yes. do it, do yeah. it, brother. We're getting there. Yeah, We're getting culture. There. We got to start hitting culture. Absolutely. We're not going to lose this war again, <laughs> guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.